0: Good afternoon, beautiful people! Welcome to the latest episode of Sports Bar Talk. I believe it's episode 46. Welcome to episode 46 of Sports Bar Talk. It's draft night! Let's go! Shout out to Anders for that beat drop. And welcome to episode number 46. Of Sports Bar Talk. Yes, it is NFL Draft Night. Lots of storylines. Who, where will will the quarterbacks go? Particularly Jones, Fields, and Lance. We'll get to that in a second, but first. This is Sports Bar Talk. Where we got the best seat in the house. And so, for this... I don't normally have the TV in my room on, otherwise known as my phone. Normally I would have that on. I would have that off. But stuff has been popping off. Reports have been popping off all over the place. And if something here decides to break, um I'm going to I'll you'll hear my live reaction. Like earlier today, there was a report that the Packers offered Aaron Rodgers for Jimmy Garoppolo and a bunch of first-round picks, or the Niners, excuse me, and the Packers turned it down. I think the Packers turned it down, or the Niners turned it down. I forget which is which. But if it's true that the Packers offered it, why would the Niners turn it down? If you want to win now, you've got the team surrounded. Jimmy Garoppolo, this this 49ers team is good, because last year they were unfortunately rattled by some injuries. Because remember... Garoppolo took this team to the Super Bowl. Could you imagine what this offense would be like if they had Aaron Rodgers? I mean, they probably win the Super Bowl, quite frankly. They might even go 17-0, and for all I know, if they had Aaron Rodgers at the uh, with the keys to the Ferrari or whatnot. This is very interesting. So I found that interesting that the Packers offered Aaron Rodgers... F- and a, for Garoppolo and a bunch of picks, and the Niners turned it down. Like, why? I want to know what John. If I, uh, now, this is from a guy who's a newspaper reporter, some guy I never heard of. So take it as you will. You can only really believe stuff uh, take uh, take that come from rap, Ian Rappaport, Tom Pellicero or Adam Schefter. They're all the major insiders, breaking news guys, and whatnot other stuff coming on as uh pat mcafee has reported that now before we get to the reports and then i'll give you the mock draft my mock draft of the top five picks um let's set the scene so we already know who's going one and two trevor lawrence to jacksonville i think we've we've all known that forever we know zach wilson We think most likely Zach Wilson will go to the Jets. I still think there could be a shocker at number two. I don't think Zach Wilson's the long term answer for the Jets. He played at BYU, and you know, they play in the Mountain West Conference. If you want a guy that is so, that is, that you know can play against the big guns, Justin Fields is the guy. Look at what he did to Clemson in the Sugar Bowl this past year. Absolutely lit up that Clemson defense, who is a top, who of course has the top five defense in the country um, in college football. Now I know college football is miles more different than NFL football, so we'll see. But it, from what sources are telling me, Lawrence, Lawrence Wilson won two. Here, a lot of people believe the draft starts with this third pick. So, the Niners, of course, about a month ago, trade up to to the number three pick. They trade with, I forget who originally had the number three pick. Um, But uh, they trade up, and my first thought was, this has to be for Justin Fields. Now, the original report was, they tried to trade up for the number two pick, and the Jets rejected it. Which tells you they're set on Zach Wilson. That is what Michael Lombardi, former general manager, host of the Lombardi Line on the Vegas Stats and Information Network, also the GM Shuffle Pod, wherever you get your podcasts, um, is reporting. So, I've my first thought when the trade happens, it has to be for Fields. But when you see what the insiders were t- talking about uh, and draft analysts and whatnot and with former GMs who have connections in the league with some other GMs and big decision-makers, they say, oh, this is for Mac Jones. And you'll wonder, because the Niners, I think they were picking, like, 15 for what, not or 10 for something like that. There's a, There was a good chan- chance Mac Jones would still be there when their pick came, so it still really doesn't make sense to me, in my opinion, why you would do that. Um... So that's why I had thought it would be for Fields. But now as days go by, a lot of people are coming out and saying it's Mac Jones. Mac Jones. The pick is Mac Jones. But today, Pat McAfee leads off his show by saying he had a source tell him, and he said it was a very good source. We don't know who the source is. Could be someone within the Niners organization. Could be someone within the Colts who really might not know nothing. Uh, Could be Rappaport. Could be Pelicero. They say Mac Jones isn't going number three. And it's most likely going to be Trey Lance. And I'd rather have Trey Lance than Mac Jones. But when you look at Trey Lance, we have a small sample size. Of course, he was the quarterback last year at North Dakota State. But he only played one game this year because they played, like, a game against Iowa in the fall that last season. And, of course, North Dakota State is in the midst of their spring FCS football season. And he obviously opted out of this season, not for the COVID, but to get ready for this draft. So, it's very it's getting interesting. And so, then that leaves you, where does Justin Fields go? Well, all along we thought the Falcons would take Kyle Pitts at number 4. The Falcons have the 4th pick. Are we not so sure about that now? Because we know a couple weeks ago the Falcons came out and said, Matt Ryan, we are committed to him long term. But Justin Fields is a -a once-in-a-generation talent in my opinion. I would go with Justin Fields, quite frankly. You've got... Hayden Hurst, who's a great tight end who can develop, still has lots of potential. And you got Julio Jones as well. Now, Julio Jones, the Falcons are listening to trade offers for him. There's talks the Ravens might be involved to get Julio Jones. I personally think if you're the Falcons, you got to hang on to this guy, especially if you get like a Justin Fields or somebody. You want to pair a top free ride receiver in the league with potentially the best quarterback in football for the next 50 years if it's Justin Fields if you get him. I now now if I'm Julio, if you don't get a quarterback tonight, if you don't get Justin Fields, I would demand out. Quite frankly, I believe the Falcons are not. If the Falcons don't get Justin Fields, I think they're destined for failure for the next five seasons. Um, quite frankly, the way they're managing games now, Arthur Smith, I do like him as a coach. You know, he knows what it's like to rebuild a team. He was the offensive coordinator with the Titans. I would like to see them. Maybe get back into the draft and take maybe Najee Harris, potentially. Probably won't happen, but I would like to see that. Najee Harris reminds me a lot of Derrick Henry. But uh, in terms of my top five picks in the draft, so I have Lawrence and Wilson, obviously, one, two. Free? Now, this is based on what I think will happen, and this is different from what I would do. What I think San Fran should do is take Fields. But what they're gonna do, they'll take Mac Jones. If I had done this podcast about an hour ago, I would have been more confident in the Mac Jones pick. Now I'm a little hesitant. I'm still gonna say Mac Jones, but it could be Trey Lance. Then at four, I would take Fields if I was the Falcons. But they will take Kyle Pitts, in my opinion. And then the Bengals will take Jamar Chase at five, the wide receiver out of LSU. That's what they will do. That's what I think they should do. Now. The Dolphins have the sixth pick. I don't know what they're going to do there, but here's where it gets interesting. So Field, so the Dolphins they don't need a quarterback. They won't pick Justin Fields if he's still out there, or Trey Lance or Mac Jones, if these guys are still out there. The seven and eight pick range is where we could see, and maybe the nine pick, because keep in mind the Broncos did trade for Teddy Bridgewater yesterday from Carolina. And we're told they're still in the quarterback market, so they could very well take Justin Fields in this matter. But the 7 and 8 pick here are very interesting. The Lions, right now, have Jared Goff. I don't think Goff's the long-term answer. I would, ask, But the Lions have other team needs that outweigh getting a quarterback right now. Um, Carolina, they have Sam Darnold. They're set. So now we're hearing potentially, we've heard rumors the Patriots would like to trade up and take Fields. Especially if Fields is there at 7 or 8, they will definitely trade up. Right now the Patriots are picking 15th. They could also trade up if they think they can get Mac Jones. Now, would Mac Jones still be there at 15? I do believe so. I think Mac Jones, they wouldn't have to trade back or up. But if Justin Fields is still on the board and you don't want the Broncos to get him, they're going to have to trade up to the 7th or 8th pick. I think more realistic they'll trade up for the 8th pick because... Now, other teams will probably hear offers. We'll probably call about this. We've heard rumors. The Washington football team might call and try to get Fields. Uh, I've even heard the Steelers. Now, I'm a Steelers fan. I don't think it's going to happen. But... It it could happen. Washington picks 19th, by the way. Steelers are picking 24th. Now, let's get to the Steelers. I if you were to ask me where I think Fields ends up end of the night, I'm gonna say the Patriots. Um, and it gives Cam competition. I think it would be more of a competition motive for Cam Newton. Because listen, I think that, I think Josh McDaniels could do some creative stuff with both Cam and Justin. Um, you could bring Cam in for short yardage to run the ball. Fields more deep passes. Make a two quarterback system be very tough for defenses. You got to read two quarterbacks. Uh, plan for two quarterbacks. I've always believed in the two quarterback system, and I've always had a higher level of respect for teams that do do it. You mainly see it in college, but you sometimes occasionally see it. I think there was one Mac team like ten years ago. They had a two quarterback system. Northwestern had a two quarterback system. Kane Coulter and Trevor Simeon, I think they brought Simeon in for like longer passes. Coulter was more of the short yardage guy. So, I have respect for teams that love to go with two quarterback situations. I think it actually could be the future of football. But, what will the Steelers do? So, I have heard, I would love, I haven't really heard much on what they will take. I've heard that if Najee Harris is there for the Steelers at 24, they are taking him. The running back at Alabama, Steelers need a running back, James Conner is gone. They haven't really had a good running back ever since the Le'Veon Bell debacle back in 2018. Um, But my gut is, I would love Najee. Najee Harris, though, won't be there in my opinion by the time the Steelers pick. I believe that Najee Harris is going to end up with the Dolphins. The Dolphins, now they pick 6th, but they also have the 18th pick in the draft as well. And they kind of need a running back. You pair Najee up with Tua, that could be really good. Alabama connection, and then the rumors are maybe the Dolphins are taking Devonta Smith at pick six. Smith, of course, also went to Alabama, won this season's Heisman Trophy. Let's see what happens. Could be very interesting. So, if the Steelers don't end up with Najee, I think the next biggest thing is O-line. I've also heard that quarter they'll only go quarterback if it's a last resort in round one. Uh, which, quite frankly, I don't really know who else could go off at quarterback other than Lawrence Fields or uh, not Lawrence Fields, Lance and Jones. Um, who knows? Who knows what happens? But I cannot wait for the draft. The coverage starts tonight at eight o'clock. Well, there's pregame pre-draft coverage going on right now on NFL Network. And I have I have it on here in case anything breaks when we go to talk about our another, our another sport. Um, great, I don't have we don't have a draft primer, but it is airing. So the draft starts at eight o'clock, and it's going to be on three different places: ESPN, NFL Network, and your local ABC station. That's ABC. Where you can catch The Bachelor and watch ladies cry over a man man that they want to get engaged to, but they'll break up after two days. There you go with that. But, so the draft is at eight. ESPN and NFL Network, of course, they teamed up last season, joint coverage. They're going their separate ways this year. Mike Greenberg's hosting ESPN's coverage. That was a very weird decision for me. Why they went with Greenberg? Great guy. I thought we could have done better. We could have gone with, we could have brought Chris Berman back. But I understand Berman's kind of semi-retired. NFL Network. Their coverage, of course, is great. Rich Eisen hosting. Um, Daniel Jeremiah, their draft analyst. By the way, ESPN, the draft OG, Mel Kiper Jr. Uh, as well as Lewis Riddick, who's a former GM. Um, And then on ABC, this is for the people out there listening who are not really big football fans, don't really know what's going on, but would love to hear the stories of these guys and the hardships they've had to go through, whether it be being homeless, basically your whole childhood or whatnot. So if you go and watch the ABC presentation, bring tissues with you. The college game day crew is going to be hosting that coverage. But, so, basically, if, you don't, if you're not a big football fan or you don't want to get into the hardcore X's and O's of it and you want to know the background stories of these players and their families, ABC is where you can go. ABC will also have their own coverage for night two, but then they'll silo cast ESPN's coverage on day three. Um, so, you're caught up there. We have another big sporting event to get into. The Kentucky Derby, the run for the Roses, is back in its usual first Saturday in May. Now, the Kentucky Oaks is, of course, on Friday. That is the run for the Lilies, I do believe. But that coverage is on NBCSN tomorrow. But the Kentucky Derby, of course, is here on NBC. Starts Saturday at 2.30. Well, they have the pre lead-in coverage on NBCSN at noon. Bunch of stakes races, but let's quickly go over the derby field real quick. The favorite right now is the 14 horse, a central quality owned by Godolphin Racing. They're a good worldwide racing stable, they're based out of Dubai. Brad Cox is the trainer, he's based out of Kentucky, so this would be big for him. And Luis Saez is the jockey. You may remember Luis Saez. Last time we had the Derby in May, I forget the name of the horse, sadly, but he crossed the wire first, but they had the 20-minute review, and it was determined Country House was the winner of the Derby, if you all remember. So, Luis, trying to technically go for his second Derby win, but it would be his first. (coughs) Excuse me. Other notable horses in the field, the 15 Rock, by the way, Central Quality is the pre-race favorite at 2-1. Rock Your World. Is the uh, 15 horse. 5 to 1 on the morning line. Owned by Fern Circle Stables and Free Chimneys Farm LLC. Kenny McPeak is the trainer. Heider Family Stables is the breeder. That is the wrong horse. Rock Your World. That was King Fury I just mentioned. Sorry, I don't know why I clicked the wrong horse. Rock Your World is at 5 to 1 on the morning line odds. There we go. That horse is owned by Heronis Racing Stable. They're a good racing ownership group. They're based out of Southern California. And Tala Racing LLC, John Sadler Trains. You Also, you have Known Agenda, 6-1 on the morning line, breaking out of the tough post number one on the inside. St. Elias Stables for Todd Pletcher. The same connections that brought you always dreaming who won the race in 2017. And then... At 30-1 to one on the morning line, the 20-horse Bourbonic, Bourbonic, who won the Wood Memorial, was the one of the longer shots in the field of that race, and the Wood Memorial is the big Kentucky Derby prep race in New York. Bourbonic, owned by Calumet Farms, trained by Todd Pletcher, and ridden by Kendrick Carmouche. Now, the reason I mention Kendrick Carmouche as the jockey is because this is historical for him. He will be the first black jockey in the Kentucky Derby since 2013. And with the sign of the times and whatnot, this is a big deal. I think people will bet, bur- the public will bet Borbonic because of this reason. They might throw a couple dollars on him, especially since we have a crowd back. So you'll see him at a much inflated play price. But the horse isn't really all that good. Luckily, he won the Wood Memorial. He's in here basically given last rights. Um. So There's no There might not be much value um, And of course with What's different from sports betting To horse racing betting and sports betting Whatever odds you make your bet at Those odds stay with you If you bet a horse And they're say 20 to 1 But when the race goes off They're 10 to 1 You get the 10 to 1 odds You don't get the 20 to 1 odds So that's basically that but the Kentucky Derby cannot wait. The post time is more at like 6.45-ish normally. 6.50-ish. Uh, Mike Tarico anchors that coverage alongside former jockey Jerry Bailey and Randy Moss. Randy Moss isn't a former jockey. Larry Colmas will call the race for NBC. If you're watching on the Churchill Downs simulcast feed, you'll get Travis Stone, who is PA announcer slash track announcer. So that, it will be fun. Alright, Restaurant of the Week. We're doing a place that in the last year and a half, I have fallen in love with. It is in the town next to my college in beautiful Newcastle, Pennsylvania. Ladies and gentlemen, on the 900, 909 Wilmington Road, Edwards restaurant and lounge i think it's restaurant and lounge but their motto is spirited dining in a casual atmosphere and their food here is amazing i've been to this place like five times whether it be curbside pickup or going there for my first birthday dinner and every time i have gone they have blown my socks off of how good the food is let's start With the appetizers. Now, I've never really gotten their appetizers here much. But, they have a cheese board. They have firehouse jumbo shrimp. Ricotta cheese balls! Oh, that looks amazing. Kitchen sink chips. Those are like their homemade potato chips. They have cheese fries, deep fried zucchini, spinach artichoke dip, buffalo chicken dip. But, we'll get to their wings, what they're famous for in a second. So when I've gone, the first time I went for my 18th birthday dinner with my grandma was it 18th? No, it was 19th. Excuse me. Um, I'm getting old. The memory is starting to fade a little bit. No, I'm kidding. Um, I got cheese ravioli, and I got with instead of a salad, I got a cup of the French onion soup. The French onion soup was mighty delicious. Um, just delicious. The ravioli was good too. But then I got to go. Well, I was in college, and it was a Monday night. And the big thing there on Monday night is it's their wing night. Now, I forget what the special is, but it's big. The place fills up. Uh, you basically need to get a reservation. It's so crowded on Monday nights because it's wing night. And they have so many different wing flavors. Now, they don't have boneless, but you can get 10 of them for 9 20 of them for eighteen ninety nine. I love their garlic parm. It's very delicious. They also have a spicy garlic parm that's also equally delicious. Um, they have Cattleman's flavor. This is the one I've wanted to try that I haven't gotten around to yet. The next time I go to Edwards, I'm going to have to. They have hot strawberry. Now, when I first saw it, I thought, oh my, this is very exotic. But, but, not so much because... At another restaurant that I've been to up in Maine called Sea Dog, which maybe I'll spotlight that on a future episode. They have blueberry chipotle wings, and those wings were delicious. It basically tasted like blueberry pie filling on a chicken wing. It, was del- it sounds disgusting, but it was very delicious. Um, so, hot strawberry, it sounds very delicious. I can't wait to try it. Now, one time, I'm going to tell a funny story here. They, we went for wing night with my dad. Who was along for the ride this time. And uh, he wanted to get... He got the wet ranch flavor, I believe. And uh, they messed up his order. And they gave him the uh, hottest one they had. Which is like hot buffalo. Or firehouse. He said, go ahead and take... Can you try this? Is this ranch? And I said, no. That is buffalo. And that's the spiciest version of it they have. So... <laughs> It was beautiful to watch my dad struggle in pain trying to eat that hot, hot chicken wing. Hot, hot, hot. Feeling hot, 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 hot. Okay, enough of that. Then, the most recent time I went to Edwards, I got the Pittsburgh sub. And I've always talked about on here before when we talked about Primannies and we did the Pittsburgh special where we spotlighted different foods from Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh Pittsburgh-style sandwiches... As well as Pittsburgh-style salads, where you bet your sweet biffy they're putting fries on that salad. Um, but Pittsburgh-style sandwiches, it's a lot like permani's You get a meat, and it comes on provolone cheese, and then they put French fries and coleslaw in the sandwich. And loads of fr- fries and slaw in the sandwich. I get the slaw off of it because I don't like slaw. But uh, here, and I think I touched on this before, the Pittsburgh sub... It's your choice of protein slash meat, and you get it with provolone, cheese, fries, and sweet and sour coleslaw. Now, you can choose chopped sorloin, Cajun chicken or regular chicken, corned beef, deep fried fish, which I did get, delicious, and grilled turkey. Now, my second choice other than the fish would probably be the grilled turkey. I have not gotten the grilled turkey. The only one I've gotten is the deep fried fish, but I'm sure it is delicious. Also, for their sides, the french fries are amazing. So, that is Edwards, 909 Road, Wilmington Road. I think it's right beside Jameson Hospital where my mother was born as well as my grandpa. Um, and I think my grandma might have been born there too. Um, I'm sure I can get a fact check on that from my mother or something like that. So, that's Edwards! Enjoy the draft, ladies and gentlemen. It's a great weekend of sports. We have the draft the next three days. The Kentucky Derby is going on, and this is Sports Bar. Well, wait! Stay safe. Wear your mask. We're almost at the end of this. Did the vaccine? And this is Sports Bar talk, where we got the best scene in the house.